Welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Shawan Humes. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and uh, my podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Now, before we get going on this, I wanted to announce that I'm getting vaccinated on Monday. So I'm looking forward to that uh, for COVID-19. What do you think about that, Shawan? I think it's awesome. I mean... As bad as it's been, and as many people have gotten sick and lost quality of life, if not their lives altogether, you take a st- step closer to being completely healthy or putting yourself in a better position for health. You can't argue against it at all. You, know, you got to be real careful out there these days, man. That's all I got to say. But anyway, once they made it available in my age group, I called them up and I got the appointment. And uh, this uh, 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 clinic, which is in a uh, local mall, uh, It'll be opening on Monday, so I'll be there for today. You know, so that uh, looking forward to that. Okay, are you ready to go? Before we get started on this thing, I posted uh, on my blog video for last night's NXT Takeover show. Uh, um, Ra- uh, Raquel Gonzalez beat Io Shirai and won the uh, NXT Women's Championship. It's a great match. A couple of bad booking decisions, but you know, I mentioned those on my blog, and I'll talk about a little more on my other podcast next week. Uh, video is up on my blog. It's an excellent. It's an excellent match. Uh, EO, like I, I've been saying for a few weeks now, if EO loses, she's moving up to the main roster. So I expect that to happen in the future. All right. Okay. So we didn't do this podcast last week, so I want to get to uh, the match that we did not cover from not. This past this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that, the UFC show where we had um, Miranda Maverick beat um, uh, Robertson by uh, unanimous decision, and we saw the same things with uh, um, uh, Robertson that we've seen several times before. She just she ain't there, man. Yeah, it's beginning. I hate to use the word front runner and stuff like that, but it seems like. Once again, if she doesn't have clear technical and physical advantages over somebody, she can't she can't win because everybody she's lost to has been her equal or superior athletically. And once she can't impose her will, then that striking game of hers, it's never really developed, gets exposed. She doesn't have a way to set up her takedowns with strikes and fakes. She doesn't have a way to cut off the cage with pressure. She won't pressure, especially if, she's, if a person is punching her in the face. So a lot of it just seems to be mental, either mental in her lack of development or mental her inability to handle when a fight gets tough. Maverick isn't as good as athlete to me and isn't as good a grappler, but Maverick is a gritty physical fighter who's willing to walk through some fire to get to get the damage done, to get the work done. And Jillian Robinson, as soon as you turn the heat up, she she tends to fade. So once Maverick started asserting herself, uh, Robinson just didn't have any answers for her. And it's it, I think the UFC's kind of decided she's going to be uh, – another fighter in the in the division because she's been unable to take advantage of any of the the big fights they've given her. They've given her names before. They've given her big prospects. She's lost each and every time. So now I think it switches over to Maverick, who they're going to try to push moving forward. Well, Mar- well, Miranda, they've already said, got a fight coming up for her. She's going to fight um, Macy Barber uh, in July. So that, that should be pretty good. That, that, is a, that is that's a very tough fight for Barbara. I know Barbara should be improving, and everybody's a big fan of hers. But stylistically, and as far as athletically, that is a very tough fight for Barbara. And a second fight after a major knee injury, coming off a loss too. That's 
I wouldn't have expected that from the UFC, to be quite honest. Uh, did she lose her last fight? Yeah, she lost to uh, Grasso. Oh, yeah, so she did. All right. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, now, Miranda seems to have actually pretty decent coaching. You know, she goes to school at Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia, and her main coach is... Uh, wait, she, wait a minute. She's a college student? I didn't know that. I've never yeah. heard that before. Yeah. They talk about it all the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she, her coach is a former UFC and WEC fighter, uh, Mackin Samerzier. He's a good fighter. Okay. And he last fought for the UFC in 2012. So uh, he's turned to coaching, and that was him in the corner uh, talking to her. So he seems to be a pretty good coach. He's the only thing. She's the only fighter from that gym out down in the years, but down in the UFC. But the thing to keep in mind is that when you have a fighter who has success, that attracts uh, customers. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, you, so you, you put wins together. People want to be other fighters leave camps because they see you getting something in the UFC winning, and then other fighters come over, and then you got your fighters, and then you just have more casuals who want to be around fighters. So, yeah. Okay, now we also had a uh, Bellator show last Friday. We've got another one coming up this Friday. Now, on the uh, uh, on last week's show, uh, first of all, uh, Bellator is showing uh, all of their shows on. Uh, YouTube for free around the world. And that's because they don't have any much in the way of foreign TV deals. Okay. And so uh, if they didn't do that, it would only be for Showtime customers. Right. Anyway, last, uh, the fight last week was Kanawat Nabi, uh, uh, Alejandra Lara by split decision. And uh, like I, the main thing I got out of this is Kana, who's a great judoka had better do something about her striking because she didn't look good when it was on the feet. She was fortunate that she got it to the ground because, you know, with Alejandra, you know, she's a striker primarily. Yeah, um, that was the biggest issue. Alejandra has two issues. and One, she's not tremendously uh, physically adept. She can be bullied. She can be moved around. She doesn't take the best shot. And two, she's mostly... I think, can, I, can I say this? Can I say this? I think she's yeah. a dancer who fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is true. Um, it, I mean, she's very entertaining. She has, if she was a better fighter, she'd probably move forward in the division very well because she has a certain amount of appeal. She's attractive. She tries to play up a little bit of her yeah. sexiness. But hasn't she sex- got it? Has, hasn't she got a title shot already? Yeah, she fought uh, McFarland. Yeah, um, she's she actually, also got she, beat by. She also lost to Juliet. Yeah, she's she's really not a bad striker, to be honest. The, the issue is she's not a dynamic athlete. So when she hits you, it doesn't just change your mind or, or do a lot of damage. And secondly, if, as much of a striker as she is, she tends to fall forward in her exchanges. When she fought Watanabe, she had moments where she was rocked and hurt and had her. If she would have taken a half step back and jabbed high, jab low, jab hook to the body, jab kick to the leg, she could have picked her apart and probably would have finished her. But she just kept pushing forward and walked right into those clinches when Watanabe took her down, and once he took her down, physically she could just bully her, and then technically she was so much better, Laura had no answers for her. But on the feet, Watanabe couldn't do anything. What I feel Watanabe needs to do is come up with a more boxing-oriented game, maybe use a bit of a high guard for parries and slips, establish a good jab. That way she can go into and out of, she can move into and out of exchanges safely where she can get those clinches, or if she backs out when somebody overcommits, she can parry, slip, tie him up, take him back down. But right now, She's relying strictly on athleticism and her durability. 
And she's not very durable right now. She did not take those punches very well. And Laura's not a big puncher. So she no, I, listen, I think what she needs to do, and I say this about a lot of Japanese fighters, I think she needs to move to the U.S. and get with a really good striking coach like Jason Perillo or somebody like that. Uh, I'd say Perillo. Uh, once again, Arlene Sanchez is very good. Maybe even Stephen Wright. The main, like I said, she makes needs to, no difference to me. I just use them as an example. Yeah, I'm just giving ideas because I, I know fighters who have listened to our show and like explanations for this kind of thing. They really, they really just want to know. So that, that's why I go on the kind of. Well, yeah, this is the thing. This is, people always say to me, "Well, why do you always suggest that the Japanese fighters uh, move to the U.S.?" And that's because the coaching, in many cases, with some exceptions, is not good enough. I would okay. say the sparring is not good enough. Well, that's what I mean. Oh. That's what I yeah. mean. Okay. All right. Now, we got a Bellator show on tomorrow night. There's four women's fights on the show. Okay. And again, like last week, we, you can all watch this show for free on YouTube. You don't have to be a subscriber to Showtime or anything like that. Okay. So the first fight is... Um, uh, at flyweight, Liz Carmouche versus Vanessa Porto. They're both veteran fighters. Uh, I expect it to be pretty boring fight because I don't think either of them are that good. Um, you know, they've been around a long time. It doesn't make them good. You know, yeah. And, well, women, and, women's division it is because most women don't don't. A lot of women do not last very long in this career. Men do. Uh, men do not. Well, Vanessa's um, been around for a long time. She's now 37 years old. And, uh, you know, most recently she was an Invicta champ. Um, you know, I expect this to go to a decision. And when I wake up, it could be a split decision. I don't know. I, I, I might have trouble staying awake for this fight. What do you think, Sean? Well, they both have the same issue. Both people, when they face lower levels of talent, they look dynamic. And, and Invicta, Porto looked physically dominating. She looked like a power puncher. She looked like somebody who could impose her will, get takedowns when she wanted, control fighters on the ground, submit them left and right. When Carmouche was fighting Invicta, she looked like a elite striker with elite athleticism and was basically dominating people, taking them down left and right, throwing around, having her way. Once they face better opposition, both fighters tend to become more safety first fighters and don't take as many chances. Porto isn't nearly as aggressive. She'll throw hard, but she's not nearly as aggressive. And Carmouche's aspect, she, she, her work rate, her work rate stays somewhat similar, but she starts being safety first. She starts relying more on defense and distance instead of really trying to impose her will and, and build up on her volume to overwhelm somebody or break someone down. Uh, you saw it against Valentina Shevchenko. Um, you've seen it in other fights. You know, you've seen it in other fights when she, she she's faced better opposition. Uh, that's essentially what's going to happen with these two. They're both versions of each other, big, strong, physical fighters who've got I, pretty decent, who who basically aren't going to take chances when faced with an opponent who can really punish them. Yeah, I think they're both overrated. I don't know that anybody rates them particularly high. Carmouche just has a name because she's won much more than she's lost. She's beaten some name girls in the UFC. Uh, she had the huge fight with Ronda Rousey, which still is something that people know her for. Porto isn't as much of a name, but Porto's a, on a bit of a streak. Um, I think it's going to be whoever wins is probably closer to a split decision. I don't know that either one of them is going to take enough chances to clearly win the fight. And both of them are physical and athletic enough where one or two shots shouldn't, shouldn't really change the, uh, the direction of the fight. Um, 
I think it'll be close. And, some, and I, I, I will favor Carmouche to eke it out a little bit. She's a little bit better all-around striker. And I think she's a little bit better of an athlete. Porto hits harder. Porto's probably maybe physically stronger and, and more durable. But I don't know that she has the all-around striking to really create the opportunity she wants to create unless Carmouche has completely lost a step. Okay, the other fight that's on the main card, and I've decided not to bother with the other two fights because I don't think either of us are familiar enough with fighters. The other one that's on there is Kat Zingano uh, versus Olivia Parker, and that is at um, Featherweight. And I guess this is a showcase fight for Kat, right? Yeah, I mean, right now, Kat's, Kat's one of the biggest names in the division. Uh, she's a former UFC title challenger. She's had some big wins um, in the UFC. Um, and they're just try- trying to build momentum for ultimately to get her in against Cyborg. Kat Zingano isn't a bad fighter in the truest sense of the world. She's just very limited. For about 30 to 90 seconds of any fight, any round, she's dangerous. She's big. She's strong. She's fast. She's still explosive. She's still one of the top three athletes in the division. And even in Bantamweight, she'd probably be one of the, you know, no, no worse than top 10 athletes. The issue is she can't maintain anything. Her, her ability to stay active goes away. But for those 90 seconds around, she's as dangerous as anybody in the world. So, and Olivia Park isn't a good enough striker, wrestler, or grappler to, uh, in my opinion, to, to, do, to handle anything that Zingano brings to her. The only question is, can she last long enough to, for Zingano to make a mistake? Yeah. Based on what I've seen of her, I don't think so. Yeah, I think uh, they're just, you know, eventually looking to feed Cat to, uh, to Cyborg. I mean, uh... for like, like I said, for ninety seconds, she's tough. She'll I, for a ninety second period, she can hurt. She could hurt Cyborg. She could possibly take her down. She can get into scrambles, but it's going to take more than thirty to ninety seconds to beat someone like Cyborg, and she doesn't have more than that. Even in her first fight in Bellator, she was dominating, and then inexplicably, she was in trouble. And you're like. This girl isn't even in your class. How are you? How are you getting into these positions? It's just because a she's a smaller featherweight, and b she's just never been great as far as conditioning. She usually gives you a round or two, and if you're a good enough athlete, good enough fighter, you can you can basically win the fight in those in those periods. Okay, the other two Bellator fights are I don't believe we're familiar enough with the fighters to talk about them. But uh, like I said, the entire show starting at six p.m. is going to be on YouTube. And the way you have to do that, by the way, if you're going to watch it on YouTube, is there's a player for the prelims, and then when the prelims are over, uh, it switches to another player uh, for the uh, for the uh, main card. And uh, hopefully, a lot of people like I could get I have you I have YouTube on my cable up here. Oh, okay, that's good. So I'm able to watch it on. Uh, I can do a voice search and everything. Okay, let's move on to this Saturday's UFC show. And uh, the thing I want to talk about, first of all, about this show is, is it's on during the day. That's good for me because it's also night one of WrestleMania, right? Okay, so uh, this show will be on ABC at 3 p.m. That's the main card. And the prelims, I think, are going to start around noon. Depends on how many fights there are and stuff like that. Okay, the first fight, which I think is on the main card, is going to be Nina Ansaroff or she's now calling herself Nina Nunez uh, versus uh, uh, Mackenzie Dern at uh, Strawweight. Okay, so with with Nina, of course, she's married to Amanda Nunez, and she's not a great fighter, but she's actually won a couple of upsets. So she's just coming back from pregnancy. 
you know, Sean, they kept her in the rankings, and I think they should have pulled her, dropped her from the rankings for inactivity. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, they should have just for inactivity, but due to the nature of the division, and I mean, so many girls really, they're, I don't know if there's any more separation between the fighter, the, the place she's ranked at now than was when she was earlier. I mean, most of the fighters have gotten worse, and the new mm-hmm. ones who come in, I, I don't know, they're, I don't, I can't. Convincingly say the new fighters who come in are much better than Nina with Nina Ansaros has shown, and most of the fighters she fought are still in there. So I mean, it's I don't know, it, it's messed up, it's wrong morally. But I, I could I could find an explanation for it. Well, the last time we saw her in the cage, she got a big upset win over um, uh, Claudia Gadelia. Uh, big enough the, up second last little time she lost the Suarez, lost the Suarez. Oh, that's right. That's right. But anyway, the but point is... And she, she gave a much tougher fight than expected. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's because Tatiana got injured, and we still haven't seen her since then. Hey, if you're injured, and, don't get in the cage. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, I don't think she's that good a fighter. Like, I've seen her for years, right? She's nothing. She's not new. Her claim to fame is going to be bringing Amanda to ATT, right? Okay. Mackenzie Dern, of course, is a BJJ champ, all right, down in Brazil, all right? She's had issues with coaches, all right? But I think that she's turned the corner in this area, okay? Because uh, during her last camp, she got she, – her husband – she had a pregnancy as well. Her husband got into a fight with her coach at Black House in Los Angeles. And so she was – they got thrown out. All right. So can where did she go? Fight? Huh? Can her husband fight? I mean, if he got no, fight no, no. I don't think he's a fighter, but he got into an argument with the coach or something. How do you get in a fight with a pro well, fighting I coach? Don't know. Who the okay, hell sorry. knows? I'm sorry. I don't know. What? I, listen. What do I know? All right. Anyway, who cares? The point is, they got kicked out of the gym, and she wasn't getting anywhere anywhere there anyway. So where is she gone? She's gone to Jason Perillo. Okay, who, of course, coaches Chris Cyborg. And he's probably one of the best striking coaches anywhere. And I mean, listen, we saw her in her last fight, and I think she had already made some progress. And now she has had a full camp with Perillo, and you got to think that he's done something with her because he's really good. This is the the two things. One, against Ansaroff, she's really not a bad fighter. Uh, If you look at her last couple wins – Gadelia, Marcos, Angela Hill, uh, Lie Barger. Now, none of these girls are top-level athletes. None of these girls are necessarily top-level fighters, per se, as far as what they put into the cage. Gadelia is. was at some point. Now everybody's starting well, to have questions. You know what I mean. But, um, she, but beating her was, was a big thing, and, and that alone is better than most of the wins most of the girls have had in, the, in that Yeah, business. yeah, yeah. Except in the meantime – She's been off because of pregnancy. I, I get it. I'm just saying in the in the bigger picture, this is it would still be one of the bigger wins in that division. She's a she's a good athlete. Yeah. She's got she's a broad skill set. She can grapple a little bit. Her wrestling, her defensive wrestling, counter wrestling has yeah. taken some forward. Her striking is more based, but she's she's quick and she's accurate with her strike. I think listen, listen, I think there's a little false narrative in this fight because Nina Ansarov should have been taken out of the rankings. Tatiana Suarez should be removed from the rankings, okay? If you're pregnant or you're injured and you're inactive, get out! 
that, this is the enough. uf this is the ufc's fault there's hey. no excuse for either of those fighters to be ranked i don't tell people how to run their business i just comment no on no 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 when it comes to rankings that's not about business schwan that there's that i don't own the ufc i they don't care what i think yeah i know but i i listen we got to talk about it because it's a factor do you think that Nina Ansarov would be fighting if she wasn't ranked? Fighting this fight if she was she wasn't ranked? No. I mean, they give her. They give no. They would. They would bring her back against a lesser fighter. Okay, and if she wins that fight, then you move her up. But the point me, is because they decided to leave her in the rankings when she didn't deserve to be there. Okay, that's why she's getting this fight, and I think it's the wrong thing to do. To be quite honest, if Mackenzie Dern beats Nina Ansaroff. That's the best win in Mackenzie Dern's career. Listen, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. It is. But, no, no. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. What I am saying is that it's only happening because of the ranking. Nina Ansaroff was ranked, and she did not, does not deserve to be ranked since she's been inactive for two years. If you're That's inactive fine, for more than a year, you shouldn't be ranked anymore. And the fact whole, that the UFC has left both of those fighters in there is wrong. My whole point in this ultimately is Ansaroff's not a Ansaroff's not a bad fighter. She's got a good physical skill set. She's got. She's a good not head. a Schwan, Schwan, She's not an elite fighter. I don't I give don't, a shit. I don't give I, a shit what you say. I didn't say she was elite. I said she's, she's not a bad not. fighter. She shouldn't be ranked that high after being inactive for two years. Well, that, that's well and good. Now I have to talk about the matchup. She's a better striker than Mackenzie Dern right now. I know right Mackenzie, now. Dern has, Mackenzie Dern has shown improvement, but the, the, McKen- the improvements Mackenzie Dern is showing now are the improvements she should have made two years ago. She's behind the curve on this. The only well, issue we have is that because she's lazy. She's lazy and she's not focused. She wasn't focused. Yeah, that's her well, she is. Maybe she is now. That's fine. That's fine, but... I have to state the facts as they go. Mackenzie Dern should be further along than she was than she is. She took shortcuts, and that's why she hasn't progressed. That's just a fact. Yeah, she also had a baby. Even before that, she wasn't as good as she should have been with her listen, physical. Listen, McKinney, you know what? You know what? She came her, back too. She came, after the pregnancy. There's no question she came back too soon. And also, I've already said that she's had issues with coaching in the past, but I believe those issues are over. And I she's not I, she and and she's not an old fighter. She's still in her mid twenties. Who said she's old? I didn't say she's old. I'm just stating the facts. We can have problems with coaching. That you you pay the coaches. You choose the coaches. Quit and find a better coaching staff. That's on you. That's on the fighter. She uh, is not as developed as she should be. She's improved. Her jab's gotten better. She, her balance is better. She's sitting down on her strikes, so you can see some of that power that she has. She's improved. My question is, has she proved improved enough? to make up the gap that, that has been between her and Ansaroff. Ansaroff, my question with her is, is she sharp? Is, is she willing to pay the price to win? If she yeah. is, she should beat Mackenzie Dern because actually on paper, she's a better fighter in every form or fashion. Where she's not better, she's not as durable, she's not as physical, she doesn't hit as hard, and she's not as good a grappler. So I think if Mackenzie Dern wins this fight, this is one of the biggest wins in her career. This is, a, this is her best win. She beats Ansaroff. I'll legitimately consider her a better fighter because Ansaroff on paper is just a better fighter, and the old Ansaroff was a much better fighter than Mackenzie Dern is. So if Mackenzie yeah. Dern pulls this fight, this is a legitimate, high-quality win to me. It's the best win yeah. in her career. I also, I also think that Perillo 
has already made a difference and we'll see on Saturday that he'll continue to make a difference. Well, you, you've already seen it you, in her last fight. You saw the footwork. She was she wasn't just That's winning right. wild and giving up takedowns. She's much better because Perillo is big on technique, controlling distance, and controlling That's pacing. Right. For Dern was just getting by on athleticism, and her coaches let her get by on it, or they told her about it, and she said, "I'm well, doing." You, you know, you know what I think. In a lot of cases, uh, it was a case of where, like, I, I'll just get into this quickly here. Uh, when she was at MMA Lab, that's in Phoenix. She's from Phoenix, okay? The problem is she didn't want to live there. She wanted to live in L.A. So Crouch, John Crouch, was having trouble getting her to even show up to practice, okay, because she didn't want to be in Phoenix. So he said, well, maybe you should move to L.A. So she moved to L.A., and the co- the coach at Black House really didn't help her that much. Yeah, well, and I'll, I'll close it on this. I do not hate Mackenzie Dern, just like I do not hate Nina Ansaroff. I don't hate any of these fighters. I have to call it straight. I coach fighters, boxers, kickboxers, MMA fighters. I coach other athletes. When you're an athletic talent, there's two things. One of two things happen. Either the coaches shortchange you because they see your talent, so they only give you, you a couple things to build off of, or the coach tries to make you, you develop, and because you're such a better athlete, you say, no, nah, I'm going to do it my, my way. One of those two things happen. If the second one happened, that's on Dern for not pushing herself to get better. With her physical tools, she should already she should have been a top ten fighter, top seven fighter before mm. she got pregnant. So yeah. Well, now, anyway, the point now, is the point is, is yeah. Well, the point is she now is one of the the point is she now has one of the best in the business. So I think she'll be okay. But that this this fight if, if Ansaroff is mentally there and sharp, this will not be an easy fight. This is a 50-50 fight at best if Ansaroff's on point. Yeah, we'll see about that. Okay, the other fight on this show is supposed to be Norma Dumont versus uh, Bia Malecki. Uh, Bia uh, pulled out, and uh, the replacement fighter on short notice is Aaron Blanchfield. So I want to mention a couple of things about this. This fight is at Bantamweight. Okay. Norma Dumont is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. She's one and one in the UFC. She's a big enough Bantamweight that she could also fight at featherweight. And in fact, her first fight in the UFC was a loss to uh, Megan Anderson. Okay. Aaron Blanchfield is 21 years old. She's an invictive veteran. I've had my eye on her for a couple of years. She uh, trains at um, uh, Renzo Gracie in New York City, uh, and she's also a former winner of the Eddie Bravo Classic. So she's got skills. Here's the thing. She's a flyweight, and she's going to be fighting at Bantamweight. She's already said that after this fight, she's going back down to flyweight. So obviously, Norma Dumont is going to have a significant size advantage in this fight. But I'm not so sure that that's going to make any difference because Aaron is going to be quicker than her. And I, yeah, think, Aaron, she can, and I think she could beat her. Aaron's a better athlete. Aaron's clearly a better grappler. Um, might be a better wrestler as well. Dumont is going to be bigger, but I haven't seen her do anything with that. She's not a big puncher. She doesn't take a really good shot because Megan Anderson's not a big puncher. And Anderson had her on skates. So um, that size, if she fights the right fight and she has a competent striking game and a decent counter-wrestling game, then her size, can, she can bring that to bear. I don't know that she has either one of those things, though. Well, the, the original opponent for this fight, um, Bia Malecki, is very similar to Norma Dumont in the sense that she's a big bantamweight. She was in Tough 28, so she's really a halfway between bantamweight and featherweight. So size-wise, it was a better matchup. Malecki is probably a, be- a better fighter. With this, Aaron is coming in on short notice. Obviously, she was training for an, an upcoming Invicta fight, so she was in camp. 
And um, like I said, uh, the only thing she, the, the only problem is she's having a big uh, size disadvantage here, but I just think she can overcome that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know that Dumont has anything behind her size outside of the size to take advantage of, to highlight it. Like you, if your size, you got good power or you're a good wrestler or something like that, you can use your size to impose your will and wear somebody down. But when you don't have anything to back it up, the size only matters so much. So unless Aaron Blanchfield is a complete fraud as a fighter or she freezes, yeah. he should be able to win this fairly, fairly handily. You know, she has one loss. She had one loss in Evicted, and that was to Tracy Cortez. Yeah, Cortez is – well, Cortez is still getting there, but Cortez is definitely a, a prospect who's moving up. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see what happens with that. I think Aaron wins the fight. Um, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Sean? Mm, let me think. Let me make sure. I think that's it. Okay. So once again, that uh, UFC show is going to be – during the day at 3 p.m., okay, and the prelims should start at noon. Okay, so again, and I also want to remind uh, fans that uh, WrestleMania weekend is this weekend, and uh, so uh, I'll be watching that too. Uh, fortunately, there's no conflict between the UFC show and, and uh, WrestleMania. So uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog and uh, videos that I posted. And uh, check out my other podcast. That's at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also check out uh, my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for my uh, blog or either of my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.